Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese, and this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And I am flying solo, but not for long today, because Marjorie Punnett is out today. She's taking care of some family things, and she will be back with us next week. And as I told her, this is a no-stress podcast, so it's no stress. If you can't make it, we're going to make it work. But I'm really excited about our conversation and our guest today. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that we've been sort of kind of, you know, just kind of inching in and delving into this intuitive eating conversation. And the voice of that for us is someone named Liz Winky, who we have gotten to know on the podcast through two previous episodes. And I'm so happy that she's back with us again today. So Liz is a mental health therapist and an intuitive eating counselor. She joined Venture Therapy recently, and she educates people about the harm of diet culture, and she is working with people on an individual basis who are working on healing their body image and making peace with food. So Liz is a wife. She's a mom of four young boys. Her house is madness, and so she's very open about this, and uh, she's all about the yoga, the coziness cooking, and she loves coffee, I think, maybe slightly more than Marjorie, which is saying a lot because Marjorie loves coffee. And Liz is here to talk about a word that I think has, at its best, not sat well with me, and at its worst, has enraged me over the entire course of my life. Liz, hi. How's that for a setup? Yes. Hello. I'm so happy that you're here. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It's so funny because you know, you and I kind of have this like uh, this kind of connection where like things pop up and I know that we need to have a conversation. And as Marjorie yeah. always says, there's a still small voice within you that yeah. is sort of alerting you to things that you might want to pay attention to in mm-hmm. your life. You posted something on Instagram and I thought in that moment, boy, I got to repost that. That was so good. That really resonated with me. And then you <laughs> happened to text me, like you tracked on my number and texted me later in that day about yeah. a message that you'd received about conversations that we'd be ha- been having on Best to the Nest. And so I knew that we had to talk more. I hope you were feeling yes. that way as well. Yes, I was. Yeah. I'm so glad that it like worked out. It was just such a funny like turn of events that kind of, you know, put us in each other's paths again. It is totally uh, a fascinating thing. Okay. Let's talk about your Instagram first uh, because people want to follow you and they want to see what you're doing. I reference what you post a lot and I've reposted a lot of it. You recently changed your Instagram handle. Fill everybody in on how they can find you. Yes. So it's at Liz.is.listening. So uh, I have kind of well, during the pandemic, I wasn't able to do quite as much yoga as I used to because, you know, we're doing yoga from home with four kids is not zen at all. No, it's like uh, worse than goat yoga. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and my practice, while it's mostly centered around body image and intuitive eating, I also um, work with clients healing from trauma and other mental health stuff. So I just kind of thought that it fit a little bit better with 
kind of all of the work that I do, but mostly up my Instagram is centered around this, um, this topic. So. I love that. That's great. Okay. So the word that I mentioned that has just really, I've, I, let's see, I have received this word as an observation about myself and the clothes that I'm wearing many, many, many times, probably mm-hmm. thousands of times. Yeah. I think that is because, um, I have a body type that doesn't necessarily tend to fit in with exactly what society tells us we should have. Right, Liz? I mean, I think that's, that's the way that it is. Yes. And so, um, this word has always made me feel bad to say the least. Yeah. It's cringy. And the word is flattering, flattering. The word is flattering. So when you posted um, recently on your Instagram, this is what got me thinking about flattering. And you actually didn't even use the word flattering in your Instagram post. Um, but you, you posted a photo of yourself from the behind with your cute booty hanging out and in your little pants and a tank top and it's adorable. And you wrote, wear what you want is what you started with. I have jiggly arms and dimpled legs and back rolls. I spent far too much time, most of my life, even trying to conceal camouflage and tuck away my flaws in quotes. It consumed my thoughts, my emotional energy, my money, It invaded vacations, date nights, workout classes, family photos. Eventually, though, I decided that the negative thoughts I assume other people think about my body are none of my business. You went on to say, tank tops don't hide my arms like t-shirts do, and colored leggings don't conceal my cellulite like black ones do. Two-piece swimsuits don't have tummy-slimming panels like many one-pieces do, but I like them. They're comfortable, and I think they're cute, and guess what? That's enough. Life's too short to spend energy obsessing over how we look, wear what you like, wear what feels comfortable, start small. And you went on and talked about really in a beautiful way, just inspiring people to try to do this. And I, and the word flattering came to mind right away because for my job, you know, I've been in probably a million styling sessions and Mm -hmm photo sessions and trying on outfits and, you know, style, my style has kind of evolved on the show, but one thing has remained consistent, which is that people are always telling me when something Mm -hmm. is flattering. And I always think to myself, what you're saying when you tell me that what I'm wearing is flattering is that that outfit does a good job of hiding all of the things that you don't want to look at when it comes to my body. Am I off base here? No. I mean, honestly, it is a nice way of saying this makes your body look closer to the body ideals that we all have internalized over the course of our life. Like, you know, I mean, those body ideals tend to be small waist, long legs. So flattering means it defined a thinner waist. Flattering means your legs look a million miles long. And, and, while those aren't necessarily bad things, it's just that if your body doesn't conform to an hourglass shape or long, thin limbs, then your goal or you your goal should be to do everything you can to either camouflage that or try to make it more so that way. Wear, you know, high-waisted pants with a shorter top to make your legs look longer. Wear something that defines the waist to make your waist look thinner and your hips look a little rounder, like to, you know, the curves, it's just, it's all geared towards body ideals. So saying that's flattering is a nice way to say that makes you look more like you should. That makes you look more like you should. Yes. That is like, so 
good yeah. and so bad. Yeah, same, so bad. You know, so bad. At the same time. And, you know, um, it's never sat well with me. I have actually banned it from certain, like, shopping things. Mm-hmm. And I've been – and, you know, this – I don't know if it sounds like a diva behavior. I guess I don't really care that much. But I've said <laughs> to, um, you know, people who've been out with me shopping for looks for various things. Yes. Um, whatever it is. I've said, I do not want anyone to say the word flattering when we are in this fitting room. I just don't want it because it just doesn't make me feel good. It is automatically going to make me think like I'm not good enough and I need to do better by putting these clothes on. Yeah. And it's going to ruin this experience for me. And I have to find things that I think I look good in, that I feel good in, that fit what we're trying to accomplish with whatever, you know, work thing. And the word flattering just doesn't fit into that for me. Right. Well, and it makes, it it emphasizes, I think, even more the idea that other people are scrutinizing our body. So for you standing in a styling session, someone saying, oh, that's so flattering means you're looking at how small my waist is. You're looking at how long my legs are. You're looking at how curvy I look. You're looking at how flat my stomach is. Like saying it's flattering means that you are looking, and of course people are looking at our bodies. We live in a world where we see people. So there's nothing wrong with seeing each other's bodies, but you are scrutinizing it for how closely is it resembling the ideal or what it should be looking like. Right. Versus versus what? I mean, I guess, I don't know. When I see someone in like a color that really pops and like brightens yes. up their face, I think like, oh my gosh, like that hot pink is amazing on you or or whatever. And do you feel yeah. like there's it's easy to articulate the difference? Yeah, I mean, I think it really is about what is the root behind it or like what's the what's motivating the comment? Is it you look your best or you look, you know, that color really complements your skin tone or, you know, that pattern is so fun and it expresses your personality or you know, like, look at you in that jumpsuit. I haven't seen you wear something like that before. That's fun. Or or like, I can tell you feel good in that. Yes. Yes. Like those, it's not the goal, I think. And people come up against this too, when I have posted about like, and I think we've talked about this before, when I posted about not making comments on people's bodies in general, like, have you lost weight and you know, you look so skinny and that kind of stuff. Again, I just feel like people kind of push back on this. Like I'm just giving them a compliment or, or I would think that that would make them feel good that that makes your body look a certain way or whatever. But really all it does is continue to keep the focus on our bodies and keep, make us feel like we need to change shape, maintain certain looks. Um, But you know, people, people don't really love when I, when I critique what compliments you should or should not be making on bodies, but that's, that's you know, I, and I get that. I think why people get uncomfortable is because then they're like, well, I don't know what to say. I mean, people get uncomfortable when they don't know what the alternative is. And and I think it's happening with like so many tough conversations that were happening in our society. It's like, I can't say anything. Now you're saying I can't say anything. And I don't even know what to do. I found, and I, I think we talked about this before that, um, one good, helpful tip that I heard now, I can't even remember who said this, but it was someone very wise who said, um, make a comment about something other than a person's appearance, right? When you see them. And if you can just kind of like, kind of trick yourself into that groove where instead of going, Oh my gosh, you look so thin or, Oh, you look, have you been out in the sun? You look tan, like those kind of things, making a comment like, um, it feels, Oh, I know who this was. It was Annalisha Nimala. She's amazing. She's been on the podcast. She okay. said, make a comment to somebody like, it's so great to see you. 
yes. you know, I've missed seeing you. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be. And now that's sort of a little bit more natural because yeah. we haven't yeah, seen people more. here. Um, yeah. <laughs> but if you if you kind of take that initial appearance based observation out of your your conversation yeah, in terms of like yeah. the first thing that you say when you encounter yeah. someone, I think that's kind of like the first step to just sort of dismantling it a little bit. Totally. And while I have worked a lot on like not commenting on people's bodies, I think I still have work to do on this too. I mean, like even just you and I hopping on here, the first thing I said was cute hair, you know? And, and again, it's not like that's a bad thing to say. Right. Like, of course it feels good to be complimented on someone else thinking you look good, feels good. Mm-hmm. Of course it does. But it's when it starts to feel like that's the only valuable thing about you or the only thing that people notice about you. And and then it's like, well, if I someone com- compliments me on my hair or my makeup or my clothes or whatever, that's, again, fine. But then is it okay if I show up with dirty hair up in a messy bun and smudged mascara and, like, dirty workout clothes? Like, is that is it okay for me to present myself like that, too? Or do I start to feel like the only way to be presentable or to be accepted by other people is to look a certain way? Yeah. So I think it really depends on the context. I personally think body comments are never helpful even in any context, but I do think it gets a little dicey about like, you know, cute hair or love your outfit or whatever. I I think that's fine. It's more like if you never compliment anything about anyone besides what they look like, it can start to feel um, objectifying. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're totally right. Okay. Let's, um, let's talk about then our clothes, why we wear what we wear and how diet culture in your opinion has really infiltrated what we're choosing because it is, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous to say like, well, I just choose what I wear based on my own style. I mean, that's like a nice thought, but yeah, yeah, you really don't. Haven't you ever watched the devil wears Prada when Meryl Streep (laughs) talks about like the choices of the colors and why ever, you know, these choices are made and then it's all marketed to us. And we're told by high end, low end everywhere, what we should be wearing. Yeah. 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 I mean, let's uh, be real that it's like capitalism at at the end of the day, but that's a whole, you know, we can go there another another time maybe, but (laughs) Um, yeah, I think like how we choose what we wear often has a lot to do with how we feel about our bodies Mm -hmm. or, um, how we want to feel about our bodies. Like certain things need to be hidden, certain things need to be concealed, de-emphasized, um, and others should be emphasized or displayed. Uh, and that really depends on, you know, your body and how closely it fits the body ideals, which are ever changing. So even if you do your very best by doing all the right things to shift your body to that, it's, you know, it changes again. And yeah, it's so, a moving target. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that often if you actually, it, it, and it's subconscious, I feel like you're probably not always actively thinking, I chose this shirt because of this, or I chose these pants because of this. But at the root of it, when you're trying clothes on, often what you're thinking is, how how small do I look really in in this, or how does it hide the things that I'm um, uncomfortable with, or that other people might be uncomfortable with? Um, how will other people see me based on what I'm wearing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think diet culture does infiltrate that in a lot of ways. Yeah, it I, it does, and I think you know we. And you can think about this as yourself, like, you know, you yeah. reach for certain things when you're feeling a certain way about your body and certain things when you're feeling a different way. 
about yes. your body. You know, I mean, yeah. for me, it's like leg- high waisted leggings if I'm yes. feeling, and some of yes. that it comes down to comfort and okay. feeling like, well, today I'm wearing high waisted leggings because these jeans are going to feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, we all went through like a, almost a whole year of not wearing real pants, so like let's have a little compassion. You know, on I didn't ourselves. wear jeans but, until no. like the fifth grade. I could not <laughs> handle jeans until I was like a solid ten, maybe twelve years old. I don't even know. Because oh. I just hated how they felt. I And I yeah. never understood why people were like, jeans are a comfortable clothing yeah. item. I still don't boys, think they're that comfortable. My boys act like jeans have, like, needles in them. <laughs> like, if I try to put them in jeans for, like, church or something, they're like, oh, why do we have to wear these? As if they're, like, the worst thing ever. And, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I can semi-agree with them. But <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I know. I think that I can, too. I, I wonder how um, – you know, how it works when we're constantly looking for other people's approval with our clothes. Mm -hmm. And I think even, even more so we're just looking to not be disapproved of like, you're just kind of looking to like pass by so that someone Mm -hmm. isn't going, Oh, she shouldn't be wearing that. That, and that's a comment a lot. Like this person could wear that. She shouldn't be wearing that. Yes. I can't pull that off. She can pull that off or she really can't pull that. I mean, Yes, there's a lot of like very uh, covertly but overtly uh, negative comments about other people's bodies that are made in passing that are very just accepted that, you know, we just even just even thinking about like watching the show The Bachelor, like the whole first night when they're parading out of the Maybe you don't watch The Bachelor. Yeah, of course know. I do. Obviously, what kind of human do you think I am? Thank you. So good. Yeah. Good. I knew we could be closer friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> parading out of the limo, the first thing you automatically do with your girlfriends if you're watching the show is, like, critique the dresses and the hair and the whatever. But mm. with that also comes a lot of, like, oh, that's not flattering or, oh, look how tight that is on that or, or like, that doesn't look, you know. So it does get – it crosses a line very quickly. And – the thing about that is when you're talking about other people's bodies around other women, mm-hmm. even if it's not a direct comment toward you, you're automatically internalizing that. So like saying that dress doesn't look good on her makes you go, I wonder what they think when I wear that dress, or I wonder what they think when I wear these pants. I it just I think again, it is another reminder that people are paying attention and scrutinizing people's bodies and criticizing, and it's really it's why body comments are are just toxic because automatically you assume or you start to be more self-conscious about your own body because of other people making comments about not even your, your body, other people's bodies. Well, you know? and that's where it gets so tricky, though, because, like, fashion is fashion. So, I mean, I could see yeah. a dress that you're wearing, you know, I could see a dress that you're wearing and go and think, oh, I don't really like that dress. Yeah, totally. But, I mean, I don't know if that necessarily has to always translate in, I don't like your body. I think it just right. means like, I don't really like that <laughs> dress. And and yeah, so totally. that's where I feel like people get kind of tripped up a little bit. Are like, are yeah. we supposed to just go, we... I love everything. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 I, mean, I always tell people, you know, people will email me and <laughs> be like, I hate that that you wore. <laughs> yeah. Thank you <laughs> just, for that. I'd like to welcome you to my life. Yeah. And I write back and I just go, now I used to, I don't, I don't write back anymore, but I used yeah. to. And I would say, there's just no way that you are going to like every single thing that I wear. 
I right. don't even know how this is like a remote possibility that yes. you would think that you as a human being will like every single thing that I as a human being should wear, nor right. should I be held to some sort of standard that I need to please. If I start thinking I have to please every single person with what I wear, here's what I would literally be wearing. I would be wearing a black long sleeve dress every single day. Yeah. And then someone would still comment. Why don't you ever wear enough color? You look like you're going yeah. to a funeral every day. Yeah, 100%. You can't please everyone. Okay. And the bottom line is like your body and your clothes and your hair and your whatever are not for someone else to admire or for someone else to desire. Like you're more than your body and your appearance. You have a lot of things to offer. We all have a lot of things to offer. And when we stop seeing our bodies and other people's bodies as things to be consumed um, and and admired and looked at, rather interacted with, um, it really, I think it shifts, shifts the narrative a lot. Um, there's a book that came out, I think this last summer, it hasn't been out that long, but it's called more than a body. Mm -hmm. And if I could recommend like one body image book to anyone, it would be this one. And it is the whole idea of it is about moving from objectification and self objectification to self actualization. So like, am I a body to be looked at or am I, is my body something that I can live in and experience the world through? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's a, it's a really powerful shift and it's a hard one in our culture because that's not you know, what's inside that counts is like not really what our society goes by. Even oh though gosh, that's such a lie that we say yeah. that we like, yeah, totally. and then sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I mean, that's right. outrageous. Yeah. Who is teaching that? that? What they is, do. What's happening really? here? Yeah. They hurt a lot. And this <laughs> yeah. is why people end up calling you for therapy because yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. yeah. Um, I wrote down a quote as we were, as I was kind of thinking about this conversation from that book. And I think it kind of speaks exactly to like what we're talking about. And it's when you can see more in yourself than just a body, appearance-related disruptions, meaning like body comments from other people, will not have the power to sink you or send you into punishing cycles of hiding or fixing. You can hold that pain in balance with the knowledge that you are in control of your self-perception and the understanding that other people's perceptions of you are shaped by objectifying ideals that you don't need to live up to. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think the idea is that everyone's views. So when I say that outfit's really flattering on you, what's behind that is all of the internalized body and beauty ideals that I've taken in over the course of my life, that you've taken in over the course of your life of what is best. But I don't have to subscribe to that anymore if I don't want to. Yeah. So I can step outside of that and decide that I understand that other people are seeing me through that lens but I don't have to see myself and other people through that lens anymore. Yeah. I love that. I also think, I think if you can just take the word flattering out of your vernacular, yeah. when you're talking about clothes, sometimes you just have to like say, Hey, guess what? That was a word that sometimes we would use. And maybe we told ourselves a story that it meant mm -hmm. something different than what it does, but it yeah. definitely doesn't. And I think if most people look critically at being yeah. told that something they're wearing is flattering, they will, quite quickly realize the backhanded nature of that yeah. compliment and that it's not even at all a compliment. Yeah. And instead, yeah. I mean, if you think that you're looking at something and you go, Liz, oh my gosh, that is so cute on you. I, I think mm -hmm. that's a totally different thing. Like, look, how, totally look how cute that is on you. Or, yeah. you know, because I think that's encompassing a whole person. And to me, that means 
you're making that cute. Like, yeah, you have a great sense of style. Yes. Yes. And you know, this is funny because I, I think about so much in terms of a lens with my six-year-old daughter, you know, and I know boys are, it's important to talk about bodies just as much with boys as it is with girls. That being said, I see so much of, I mean, my Bernie is like a mini me. And so Mm -hmm. I see so much of how she's taking things in just like I can just relate to being that age. And, you know, Mm -hmm. she is super into her clothes, Liz. Like, I mean, she is, she is so into, this was part of the thing of where I thought I could, it would be very difficult for me to send her to a school with uniforms, even though I'm not opposed to uniforms, simply because she, there is so much self-expression that happens with her and whatever she picks out. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes totally. it's a lot of layers. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a lot of expression. <laughs> it's like so many tutus. But, you know, when she comes, she loves to come down the stairs and show me what she's wearing. And she goes, yeah. and, and Frankie does this too, but she comes yeah. down and she just goes like, Hello, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and what's funny is it is about, you know, she thinks she looks great in that and that's wonderful. But yeah. it's also about the process of her choosing, you know, cause I'll notice like the details she'll put into it where I'll go, Oh my gosh, yeah. Burn, I can see you have a unicorn on that shirt. And then those leggings have little tiny unicorns on yes. them. You totally yes. coordinated the unicorns, didn't you? And yes. then she'll go, yes, I did. Yes. And so when you're thinking about that with kids, yes. is that, I mean, sometimes I think it's like, it can simplify things when you just look at how would you talk to your child about this? Yes. Think about how you can translate into talking that, talking that way to adults. Yeah, totally. And also, I mean, I agree with that 100%. And also, I think that there are so many objectifying comments that are made to and about kids in front of them that are, little skinny mini, look how skinny she is. Look how tiny. Lo, you're such a peanut. Like, or look, he's really strong and he's kind of like beefed up. Or like, there's these comments that we think are innocuous that like aren't, is innocuous even the right word? Yeah, it is. That's totally true. Good job. Well handled. Yeah. All right. Um, You know, that we think are benign, that are not this like, whatever. But if you internalize that growing up, that I'm the skinny one, I'm the one that they always comment on, look how tiny she is. Or I'm always the one that they say like, oh, he looks strong or buff or whatever. Like, Think how that shapes a person, because what if that little girl who grew up being a little skinny thing, you know, goes through puberty and all of a sudden is curvy and voluptuous and has, you know, more fat on her body as she's supposed to in puberty, but has been told her whole life and praised her whole life, or even if it's not a praise, it's just a comment. You're so skinny. You're so tiny. All of a sudden she stops getting that. And then what? And then what does that mean? What is she telling herself about that? You know, like, I think that. I think it's important to like acknowledge that kids can express themselves through their clothes and like celebrate that and allow them to be kids and excited about colors and shapes and textures and all these things that happen, but being really careful not to make that about their body or how that, how that emphasizes or de-emphasizes certain parts of look, look at that tiny little waist with that tutu or just like little things. It can quickly cross the line, but I think the clear line is, is it about the creativity and the fun and the like sparkles and the whatever, or is it about your body? And, and it's two different things. I think is exactly what you were saying too, about like, that looks so cute on you or cute hair or whatever. That's about you like presenting yourself to the world and wanting other people to interact with that, but not about your body trying to fit something that it isn't or that it should be or whatever. Yeah. I think um, that's such a good point. What do you think about, how to handle 
if someone, because I, I, I'm just going to call out grandparents. I think grandparents can sometimes be bigger offenders with this stuff, mm-hmm. um, yeah. with bodies, because I think there is a generational difference in terms yeah. of what comments were considered acceptable slash beneficial slash for your own good in quotes, um, that there is that a generation would say, and I learned this a lot through the hashtag be a Julie, you know, movement and conversations that, that, um, stemmed from a body shaming, a a post I wrote about body shaming that went viral and real wild. And, um, (laughs) and so I learned through some conversations that there are people who, who again have just sort of told themselves this story that that's okay. Mm -hmm. So I know, you know, with your little boys, like if somebody made a comment about their body, yeah, I mean, you're a mama bear, like what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, I think it, one, I think it really depends on the context. So who is the person? Is it some random lady stranger at target in the line or is it grandma, Mm -hmm. you know? Something like that, I think, makes a big difference how I would handle it. Um, I haven't actually handled or had that specific thing happen, but I did have um, – sorry, Dad, I'm going to call you out on this. But I did have – my dad um, has done some dieting and whatever. Anyway, that doesn't really matter. But he, uh, at one point a few years ago, was, like, doing a diet, and so he wasn't eating the same food as us at the at the dinner table. He was over for dinner, and one of my sons made a comment about – like, how come you're not eating spaghetti or whatever it is? And he said, he said, oh, it's because Papa has a really big belly. And it was like such a, I mean, he was like trying to be self-deprecating right. with it. But what that communicates to my kids is if you have a big belly, you have to eat a different way. Or if I eat this, I'm going to get a big belly. Or there's just like lots and of things. And a big so, belly is bad. And a big belly is bad. Exactly. And so it was one of those things where, again, like intention is important to acknowledge. He was not in any way trying to be harmful or hurt anyone or, you know, send a bad message or anything like that. But I did then later kind of pull him aside and just say like, Hey, I, I just think it's really important. By the way, this is before I got into all this work and he, you know, things have changed a lot in my family since then, but um, just pulled him aside and just said like, Hey, I just think it's really important that we don't make comments about bodies, our own bodies or their bodies in general, um, I, I just think it's not really helpful and I would, you know, just appreciate, I said it in a nice way. It's not like I was like, dad, what's your problem? You know, like made a big deal out of it, but it was just like, Hey, and he was kind of like, Oh, okay. I hadn't really thought of it that way. And you know, it doesn't have to be a thing if he wants, he can eat however he wants around my kids. But instead of saying, you know, something about his body, he could have just said like, Oh, I'm just choosing to eat this today or, yeah. you know, this sounds good to me or, you know, whatever. Like I think just the importance of keeping conversations away from uh, bodies in a negative way is really, or even in what you think is a positive way, but isn't. I just think body comments in general are really dicey and it's better to just avoid them entirely and set some boundaries around what people talk about and having a conversation. If it's someone that's in your life that will be around your kids a lot, I think having a respectful conversation and just saying like, Hey, this is kind of what we're really trying to work on at our house. I'd appreciate it if you could kind of respect that when you're around the kids and they love you and look up to you. And I, I just think you could be a really great support to us in that, you know, something like that. Yeah. I think that's good. And even like a preemptive conversation might be worth having for people that you might know is a threat because, you know, in, um, 
in a lot of, and now you're the professional in this, I'm just like an observer, but in a lot of the research I, I did and have done on this topic, I mean, people, there is a significant percentage of people who suffer with eating disorder s- symptoms yes. that can remember the pivotal moment, the comment that sent them into yeah. um, that, that tailspin. Yeah. And I yep. mean, and I, I mean, I, during that whole thing, I got so many messages from people who were telling me, you know, it was my grandma said this and mm-hmm. I don't know. And so I kind of think like, I actually had a little bit of this conversation. I was interviewing nanny candidates um, mm-hmm. for the summer and mm-hmm. oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I'm getting a nanny. This is going to yeah. like life change. Hey. This is changing everything. <laughs> She's going to fold some laundry too. I can't even stand it. I'm Perfect. so excited. So, um, but even that I, I had kind of preemptively had that conversation about yeah. like, okay, here's how we sort of look at food. Here's what yeah. we, because I also like, I, I think it's important to be upfront about like, if you're going to take my kids to the pool, we're not like crushing ring pops every single minute, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. you know, I think yeah. having those kinds of boundaries of like, how do we handle that? And then also having that conversation about this is how we talk about that stuff is important yeah. because yes. I, I don't even know if you can undo, sometimes you can't undo the damage after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing too. It's like, I have so many clients that I work with that have like a, like you said, a pivotal moment of someone saying like, look how great you look when they literally were suffering from like an issue with their gallbladder for over a year that wasn't diagnosed. And that sent them into a tailspin of disordered eating once they started to recover from the issue and started gaining their weight back as they should have. So it's like, you don't know what someone is dealing with behind the scenes. It could be grief. It could be, you know, a relationship issue. It could be, you know, job stress. It could be anything. It could be intentionally trying to lose weight also. So I'm not saying that that's never, never there, but I just think emphasizing people's bodies you don't know what that does long-term. Mm-hmm. Even if in the moment it feels good, the spiral that it can bring on is really dangerous. And I just, I think there's so many other amazing things about people that we can comment on um, that have nothing to do with their body. Yeah. I, t- I mentioned like accepting your body at whatever size it's at is, is a great, or loving your body, like thinking you look great at any size is a good thing at the same time. Our bodies are meant to change over the course of our life. So the goal being, I love the way I look, doesn't really get us so far because we get older, our bodies change, things happen. And so can we get to a place where our bodies are good because that's what we live our life through, not our bodies are good because of how they look. It's it's almost like getting a little bit more neutral, I guess, with it. Neutral. Yep. Body neutrality is kind of the new, like, body positive has kind of come along, uh, come under some scrutiny for a lot of reasons and body acceptance or body neutrality is kind of the, the newer phrase. Boy, I said it and I didn't even know that it was a hot trend. Ahead of the times. Oh my gosh. How did I do that? That's amazing. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're right about that. And I think focusing, I focus so much more on like how I've been feeling, you know, it's, it's interesting, especially because, you know, I'm seven and a half months, almost eight months postpartum with Mm -hmm. baby number three, which is like no joke. Yeah. (laughs) All these funny things happen and I'm almost 40. So I turned 40 this summer. So it's like this kind of big shift, but, um, you know, my whole motivation for 
having, um, for even just starting to like do some minimal workouts and kind of like get stronger was because I was getting really sick of having to use my arms to push myself up out of the rocking chair when I was holding (laughs) Heathy. Cause I was like, I don't have, like, I only have two hands. I've got to hold this baby and I want to be able to just get up out of the chair without, which you obviously cannot do after you've had a baby. I mean, your abs are like, no no core strength whatsoever. And then when I got to that point where I can like, just get up, I, I thought like, well, this feels great, you know? Yeah. And I think, um, and I wasn't even thinking about like, how are the, what's that going to look like? It was purely about function. Have you found that if people start to focus on like how good a function feels, that's Mm -hmm. a different animal than what I'm seeing in the mirror. Like I just want to move about my life effortlessly. I don't want to feel like it's just like this, this constant like heaviness to try to like make get in and out of things. And I, after you're pregnant, you really have a sense of that. Like I got in my car after I had Heathcliff and I was like, I didn't need a new car. I just needed to not have like (laughs) this baby in in between me and the steering wheel. Yes, totally. (laughs) Totally. Yes. I think that's exactly it is moving from, I think appearance to, function. And even in the book that I referenced more than a body, they talk about your body is an instrument, not an ornament. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be looked at. It's something to be used and lived through. And so it's, of course, it's not a bad thing to want to be more mobile, to want to be stronger, to want to whatever. But are you doing that because stronger means more toned? Or are you doing that because stronger means stronger? So that you can do other things. So you can move around your life and not have to have it be as strenuous. Like, are you doing it? I think getting really clear about your intention is super important Mm -hmm. because then if you start to get stronger, but your body hasn't changed at all, is that enough? Or are you going to stop what you're doing or revamp what you're doing because you are actually wanting aesthetic changes, not functional changes. And so I think focusing on what your body can do what your what you appreciate about your body, how your body allows you to live the life you want to live rather than how it looks in a picture or how other people perceive you or how you look in clothes or yeah. whatever. Okay, so back to clothes. Yeah. When what do you want us to think when you are like ideally, if you when you're picking out your clothes, you okay, so we're yeah. opening the closet doors. Maybe yeah. some of you live in the suburbs and have massive walk-in closets. That's wonderful. Yeah. Have the open up the doors. Yeah. And you've got hopefully everything color coded and it's yeah. like really yeah. and you've great lighting in there and it just and it's all yes, there's like acrylic boxes with cute labeling yeah. and everything feels yeah. great. Um so that's step one. <laughs> but <laughs> but when you're choosing something to wear, yeah, how do you want us to feel? Nothing drives me crazy. This is a difficult thing, I think, particularly every time I've been postpartum, mm-hmm. is that it makes me feel very frustrated. When I have to choose what to wear based on what fits and that bugs me yes, to no end. I want to choose what I want to wear just based on what I want to wear, not based on what fits. And that's just the situation that I'm in as I sort of evolve a little bit and kind of find my new normal. Yeah. Yeah. I think this can get really tricky because people are really, really, really resistant to the idea of buying new clothes if they're larger sizes. They're not at all resistant to buying new clothes when you're losing weight. Oh, sure. No. But. When Suddenly you have no budget. Yes. 
But when you're gaining weight, a lot of times what I hear is I can't afford to buy new clothes or I don't want to go buy new clothes. I don't want to whatever. And I get that. I really do. And also, I understand that it's a financial burden to buy clothes, but we're buying clothes no matter what. Like you have to put clothes on your body. So you can do that with within whatever budget you have. If that means you sell a bunch of clothes on Poshmark and you buy some new ones with the, with that money, if that means that you shop the clearance rack at Target, like that's all fine. So I'm not saying like go to such and such store and buy a whole new wardrobe. Right. But I think not having clothes that fit is one of the number one holdups I see of people not wanting to um, make peace with food is that they don't, they're afraid of gaining weight and they don't want to have to buy new clothes. Um, I think a lot about not having clothes that fit you as like, imagine you're walking around all day with a rock in your shoe. Oh. And you're like, how come all I can think about is my foot? Like, what is wrong with me? All I think about is my foot. My foot is huge. My foot is, something's wrong with my foot. No, it's because you have a rock in your shoe. So like, of course your brain goes straight to the rock and go and the pain that you feel. So think about wearing jeans that are too tight for you. Yeah. All you can think about is how tight your jeans feel, which automatically makes you feel bigger because the clothes are pinching and squeezing. And you're pulling them up. Yeah. It's not that your body is big. It's that your clothes are too small and they make you focus on your body even more. So having clothes that fit you at every stage you're at in whatever budget you can make that work, if that means you buy one pair of pants that fit you and you wash those babies constantly, or, you know, you have some, a couple options or whatever dresses that are more flowy, like you can go buy these like awesome swing dresses at Old Navy for $12, like it doesn't have to be the fanciest thing, but get some, get a few items that fit, that feel comfortable, that you can grab and go, that you don't have to think about, and you don't have to constantly be thinking, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that because now my jeans feel even tighter yeah. or whatever. Like the the tighter your clothes are and the more they don't fit, the more you're focused on your body, the more you probably restrict or feel like you need to restrict your food. It all just blends. So that would be my number one, like, please, please just buy a few clothes, few items of clothing that fit you and that feel good when you wear them. So you don't have to think about your body all day long. Yeah. And then, and then think about all the mental space. I mean, this is what we've talked about before when we're, when we're constantly just running through our head about all these stories and all of this like discomfort and all this feeling like we're not good enough and we're not fitting in. And these are all the things I need to be doing to change and blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah. It's like, I can't even believe that we can get anything else done. Right. It's a, yeah. I mean, and then we wonder why we're so stressed. It's because we have this constant level of like body scrutiny and body checking going on on top of everything else in our life. Right. And we're overwhelmed. And once you take that out, and again, it will never fully go away in the society that we live in. Like the idea that we're going to get to this destination where I love everything about my body, no matter what, like I, I personally think is probably an unrealistic goal and and also misses the mark. If we can just get to the place that like my body is my body, period. Like it is, this is my body. This is what it is. And I can be as neutral as possible about it and respect and care for it, no matter what it looks like. Right. To me, that's a win. Um, And self-care comes down to certain things like, you know, feeding yourself good food, Mm -hmm. uh, buying clothes that fit, washing your hair. Like, I mean, it doesn't have to be like bubble baths and manicures. It like 
buying clothes that fit your body as it is right now is self-care. Yeah. Like you want to talk about like taking care of yourself and respecting your body. Like that's the way to do it. And you know, and I might even argue self-care goes even too far. It's just a basic necessity. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's yeah. like even just it's yeah, it just bare it's the bare yeah. minimum. Yeah, yeah, it's the bare minimum. It's not like this sort of luxury thing. It is it is yeah. just the bare minimum to have like you know garments that cover yeah. your body appropriately for whatever weather condition and yeah. then allow you to like move around and feel comfortable and not sit there and like, you know, yeah, getting like stomach aches because your clothes are squeezing. Oh gosh, hard. yeah, I I've, I've been there. Yeah. Like when I yeah. was in a real trauma and could not get maternity pants because yes. the world was shut down, Liz, and you couldn't oh, go to a store, nor could you get them delivered oh. in time. And so I was shoving into my normal jeans uh. with this pregnancy because I had given away all my maternity clothes thinking that yeah. Franklin was my last baby. And then here we were. <laughs> and I was like, this is a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So before we go, because we could, we could chat, I think, I mean, you know, we could do like yeah. 10 episodes, but, um, I want to go back to that initial Instagram post yeah, and that the, the colored, and they were like these cool, like olive kind of taupe colored, yeah. um, workout leggings that you are wearing. What brand are those, by the way? Those are very great. Athleta. Oh, I, I love Athleta. I know. I I'm wearing them. Athleta ones right now. And I, <laughs> all of my Athleta leggings are my absolute favorite. And they've got some high-waisted ones that are the, the most buttery soft of any yeah. that I own. I know. And now they carry up to size 3X in the store and it's all with the same size. So yep. it's like extra small up to 3X are all in the same pile. And they Not don't like make a big deal about size. it in their advertising. No. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, and that's a whole nother yeah. thing about inclusivity and stuff, but I just love that they're making strides towards it not being like this marginalized thing where you have to go to the you know back corner of the store where your stuff is. Like totally. it's all together. Yeah. I love that too. I think that's great. Yeah. So when so, you but, now... Yeah. Because every time you put on those leggings, I have yeah. to imagine, mm-hmm. as evolved and educated and daily committed work that you are in this, yeah. you don't live in a bubble. And no. so you probably hear a little voice that says, you should put on the black ones. Yep, 100%. So then yeah. what happens to you and what what should we do then in that yeah. moment? I think, honestly, I have to be really um, mindful of when I decide I'm going to do that and push myself a little bit outside of what might be my comfort zone and when is not a good time for me to do that. Like, um, for me, maybe TMI, like, right before that time of the month is not a time for me to, like, put on something that I maybe feel a little more, like, you know, not uncomfortable, but just, like, feel like maybe I am more paying attention to what my body looks like Mm -hmm. in. Um, so there's, or if I'm having an especially rough body image day, which I still have sometimes, um, that wouldn't be the day that I won, like, go look at family pictures, go try on new clothes, put on something that I feel a little more uncomfortable in than my other things. So I'm really mindful of when I push myself to do things like that. And when I don't, um, also like, it's not really, it's not like a badge of honor that you can, like, if walking around in a one piece swimsuit that you feel good in is not any worse than walking around in a bikini that you feel good. I mean, it's not about that. It's more just like about like maximum exposure. It's not like, Oh, just because you don't have to go. Neutrality is different than the opposite of what you don't want. I mean, you don't have to go, Oh, society tells me that I should be wearing a one piece. So I am going to wear a thong bikini with my hiney ho hanging out. I mean, that doesn't, that's not the goal here. Yes. It's more like, do I like this? 
do I want to wear it? And am I going to let my body being what it is, hold me back from wearing something that I like, that I feel comfortable in, that I feel cute in that, you know, whatever. Am I going to let, oh, I'm going to the gym and I'm wearing these olive green leggings. When I do a squat, someone behind me might see cellulite on my legs. Is that going to stop me? Or do I look in the mirror and go, these are fun. I like them. Kind of a fun change from black. Like, I think I saw someone else wearing them and that looked cute. You know, I, I, I just think it, yeah. I can push myself a little bit outside of that comfort zone. And when I have those thoughts about what the person behind me or the person at Target or whatever might think, I can remind myself of my values, which is that I am more than my body and I have autonomy and I get to do do and wear what I want with my body. And other people's opinions of me are none of my business. And I don't need to like live up to this idea of trying to appease what other people might think. Because one, I don't know what they think. And two, it doesn't really matter. It's a, and it's a know? losing battle, guys. Yeah. I mean, it's such yeah. a, and I know not every, not, thank goodness, not everyone has to get as many messages about yeah. themselves as I do, but yes. you are just never going to win. And I no. mean, you're no. just not. And it's just yeah. ridiculous to try. It's like. Yes. And they're just as locked in that body ideal objectification world as I once was. So I can have compassion for that, but also decide I don't have to subscribe to that anymore. So what they're thinking, they're seeing me through a lens that I don't agree with anymore. Yeah. So their opinion is sort of irrelevant and you know, that's, that's it. It's so good, Liz. It was really great. I loved reading the post. I love seeing everything that you're, um, that you're coming up with. And at the very end, of your Instagram post that really inspired this conversation. And then of course my rage at the word flattering, but you write, um, you may not feel confident right away, but over time you can feel more comfortable. You can Mm -hmm. move toward neutral. It is possible. Yes. Even for you. And then, you know, you're just getting so many comments from people who are just like, this is what I needed. And I I see another comment on here. I wish I'd spent less of my life worrying about all of those things. I mean, you have, today and then you've got the rest of it and you have yeah. control over the way that you look at how you move through the world yeah every day going forward yep 100% you're the yes. best thank you, thank so, you so much best. thank you yes, so much and um, next time Marjorie will be here too I know she's going to listen and I'm sure um, have lots of thoughts and It's just really great. And we'll have you back for sure. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best to the Nest or go to besttothenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, You need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples... Temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. 
Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.